Well, I love her, but I love the fish. I spend all day out on this lake, and hell is all I catch. But today she met me at the door, said I would have to choose. If I hit that fishing hole today, she'd be packing all her things and she'd be gone by noon. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. And we have um, the, the line man, I guess, uh, Joe Meyer, that uh, works for uh, one of the Biggest and best fishing outfitters in the in the world, I guess. Now, wouldn't you say so, Joe? I don't think uh, there's anybody bigger than you guys, is there? I'm 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 biased, but I think we're one of the biggest, but probably I would have to say the best. Yeah, <laughs> and then of course that would be the Berkeley family of uh, fishing products. Yes, and uh, Lake Iowa. just uh, just a, a real quick thing because I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. But how many different lines do you guys have? Uh, North America, it would be the uh, spider, uh, spider wire, strand, and uh, Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Well, what Joe does is oversees uh, the development of new products. Is that fair to say? Yep, yep. The Superline products, you betcha. And you've got some Superline products that I want to hear all about. So I know some of the things that... Uh, uh, that you have, you can't really talk a whole lot about because they're not on the shelves yet. But as far as what you can talk about, would you mind doing that? Yeah, I think we actually got uh, two of them that we're going to start with. One is I'm going to actually go in the spider wire family of things. Um, spider wire, people love a lot of stealth. Spider wire is stealth, and there's a great following of our stealth products. And, that you know, we have the camo side of it where it's the brown camo. Now we have blue camo. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. We have done blue camo and, and soon to be another color of that coming out. Now, the um, concept of color in fishing line, if you don't mind me interrupting you. Yeah, it's fine. Is that you hear different theories. I know some time ago they came out with red because it was like the lowest color of the scale or something like that and supposed to be mostly invisible underwater. Um, you know, and, you know, of course, these you know, old mono still works. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the... Um, um, fluorocarbon, which seems to be pretty much invisible underwater. But can you give us a, a just a kind of a, a real uh, quick synopsis on the color of line and how that affects what the fishermen can see and what the fish can see? Yeah. And, and then, you know, that's a great segue into that is traditionally it's moss green. You know, a lot of companies have the moss green color out there in, in Superline products or braided products. It kind of covers a lot of waters that people have out there. It blends in probably the best with vegetations that you have out there. And that's for people that say, I really want to have a line that blends in, you know, with all the surroundings. But then you get into the specific colors. And I would have to say the the clientele that is maybe getting a little older, like I'm probably I'm turning 55, I, you want a line that I can actually see more now right? because my eyes aren't near as good as they were. So people really want a high-vis line where they can see the line, and then you'll actually detect bites because I can, I can see the line. Some moss greens on a green-shaded lake, man, I'm looking around, and I can't find my line. So they'll like a high-vis chartreuse color. Mm-hmm. 
But there are people that would rather have their an oranger color versus a chartreuse color. And then the the translucent or white colored lines, people like those as well because they like the different colors that I can see this color better than that. Now, my buddy might like a different color because he can see it better. Now, there are offshore vessels that like the multitude of colors because then they will have six lines out and they'll put a different color on each line. And then they're out there going, ooh, the blue line's going, got to go get to the blue rod or the the rod with the blue line on it and they know where it's at versus... Mm -hmm. I've got a tangle or something going on. Well, I was just when you mentioned, I was just thinking it might be make it a lot easier when, you know, heaven forbid, you get uh, some lines mixed up together. You know which which one belongs where. Absolutely, and then you get into what we have our camo lines, and now there's the varied pattern, so it's not just a single color. So, like a brown camo should match better with different vegetations, because not vegetations is one color. But there is another aspect of some camel colors that you'll get is now I see a color transition on my line. If my line is moving, mm-hmm. I can see that transition moving. Mm-hmm. And like Berkeley Trilene Braid, that is, we call it the tracer color, where there's two and a half foot one color, two and a half another foot the other color. And it was the concept where the name came out was, you know, hey, it's like the tracer bullet. I can see that, you know. Hate to see bullets out there, but (laughs) (laughs) well, that's my kind of fishing. Yeah, but the point there is, you know, they trace that bullet so they can now see that bullet with the little tracer flare thing that goes with it. Where here, I got my line that changes color every two and a half feet because now it's like that tracer. I I know where my line is going, whether it's in the air or whether I'm fishing or I'm still fishing. And a, a fish comes up and picks up and takes off with my bait. I see that color transition moving. Mm-hmm. And it, it actually gives people uh, a line washer's line that you'll be able to react better to fish strikes and bites. And you'll mm-hmm. catch more fish with it. That's really the whole gist on a lot of those colors. Well, I know that a, a lot of things that come out. Things are more designed to catch the angler than they are to catch the fish. They go, oh, this thing is going to work so well, you got to buy it. And, you know, sometimes you get something that makes sense and it works, but a lot of times it's, you know, it's a gimmick. And it's kind of hard to tell what really does work. Now, when you're talking about fishing line and colors, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit dubious, but uh, um, I can, it certainly makes sense. That uh, like you get a, a moss-colored um, line in a in a grassy water or a murky water that uh, the fish are going to have a difficult time seeing it. Yep. But uh, give us an idea about the vision of a fish and how that works. I mean, do they see the well, same things we see? Are their eyes the same? Or? <laughs> we should get our marine biologist involved for that one. I'm, I'm not, not probably not my strongest suit, but I do know that fish don't see quite near as well as we do but oh. they're, and, and it's different you know like uh, in the upper midwest the walleye eye why you see it glow at night is it's so large it's sucking in whatever light it can so it can see the bait fish that goes by mm-hmm. um but uh you know i, I know they're they're Fish eyes are are different than ours, and they they may not see as specific as colors as we do. They'll see shades, probably more shades of it versus a specific color. If there there's a blue, there's a thing. They'll they'll see refractive indexes that may be different than others. 
mm-hmm. but won't see what we probably would we, we typically would see but with um, their with their lateral lines and their sense of smell uh, I think they probably rely more than that especially if you're in deeper water or less visible water yes absolutely there mm-hmm. but it comes down to that you know the colors are really as you'd say there's a, there is a science behind it but it's also then becomes that personal preference right. of why would we do a tracer line? And really, it was to give you that visibility of your line to actually so you catch more fish and you can well, detect bites by Joe, seeing your we, line move. We're, we're almost out of time, Ooh. but there's one particular uh, line. I don't yeah. know if you're allowed to talk about it yet, but you and I have been kind of talking on the side about it for the last month or so. I'll, I'll give a little teaser here. You know, okay. out, out in the coastal areas, you'll see a lot of people with hollow braids and... Uh, we have had that in the past, and we'll be coming out this fall with some new hollow braid. And, man, the, the same comments coming back, super strong. Uh, and then there's a there's a place for people to fish with hollow braids because you get a smooth transitional splice when you go from the, mm-hmm. the hollow product to your top shot. Well, and especially if you're about as good as I am as far as tying lines together, in particular if you're trying to put a, a micro braid uh, together with a uh, you know with with a mono <laughs> or a different kind of line, I just you know without trying a big knot, I can't seem to be able to do it. And this you know the bimini twist where you have to do the you know the dance to do the to do the knot. But uh, no, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be a, it should be a great product out okay. there. And the where we've had it, it's super strong and super yeah, uh, real, durable. Real, real quickly, a website that people can look up some of the stuff. Uh, definitely our Berkeley 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 or Berkeley Dad. Uh, tackle. Berkeley Tackle. Berkeley Dash Tackle will come up, uh, and then the SpiderWire websites. Okay. Typically, the two best ones that come okay. in, and you Berkeley, can dive into it. Berkeley Dash Tackle. Tackle. Okay. Yep. com. Okay. Thank you, Joe. If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. It's time to enjoy the biggest Southern California reservoir located in Hemet, just 90 minutes from Los Angeles and San Diego. Getting away from the summer heat, fall and winter bring ideal fishing weather. World renowned for its black bass fishing, also home to the bluegill and red ear sunfish, rainbow trout, and both blue and channel catfish. Bring your boat or rent one of ours. Tell them John Hennigan sent you and they'll give you a special gift on California parks. Visit dvmarina.com. That's dvmarina.com. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. 
The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio, and we have the line um, with us is Ray or Raymond, I guess, depending on how well you know him, Young at Young's Lobster Pound. Now, when I first heard that word, I thought it was pond. Okay, well, lobster pond, but no. It's kind of think of, uh, you know, a dog pound is where they hold things. Well, uh, these aren't dogs, believe me, but uh, Ray has a place where he holds lobsters. Lobster, as you might say in in Boston. But uh, first of all, Ray, I've got a ton of questions. But let's first of all talk a little bit about your operation, what it is that you do. Okay, well, we're in Belfast, Maine, right on the water. And uh, we have fishermen that come in every day, daily, right into the wharf here. Weigh up their stuff, and then we size them out in the tank, different sizes, from we think a pound to four and a half pounds, and and they stay there about two or three days, just enough to get the fish and the feed out and what they've been caught on, and then they either get shipped or or eaten there at the restaurant, or uh, they might be shipped to a supermarket or restaurant where it handy by. So mm-hmm. we do a little everything. Well, in uh, the area that I live in, which is Santa Barbara and the Pacific Coast, uh, above north of Los Angeles, we have what's called as a spiny lobster. Now, normally, if I'm looking for lobster for dinner or something, I'd go to Costco and get the tails for like 20 bucks a pound, and it yields like 95%. And spiny lobster, the wholesale price on them here is over $20 a pound. And you don't really get the claws, and there's not that much of a tail on it. So, if you figure out what you're really paying, you know, for the meat, it's it's incredible. But apparently, the reason it's so expensive is that uh, you know probably ninety percent of them are shipped to uh, 
shipped overseas, you know, as soon as they as soon as they hit the deck. Yeah, to uh, apparently the Japanese and the Chinese love spiny lobster. But okay, fine. I mean, it's not that I'd turn it down, but you know, of course, everybody's favorite is Maine lobster. Right. Now, our market has picked up to some of the shipping from overseas to Japan, China, as well. So, um, we do Maine ships a fair amount of live product over there now. But uh, still, uh, all in all, I mean, it hasn't really changed our price too much up here. Uh, it might have been maybe 50 cents a pound higher than the year before, but mm-hmm. it's not ungodly. Uh, like Ray, Ray if, if I can interrupt you just for a second, we have our other host, Mike Ritz, the Grizz from La Paz, who's uh, finally getting around to calling in. Apparently he's making wheeling and dealing and couldn't call us on time, but he's on the line with us now. So I'd just like to introduce um, Mike the Grizz. Hello, how's everybody doing? Okay, uh, Grizz, we've got uh, Raymond Young from Young's Lobster Pound, and he just informed me that there should be some lobster sitting on my doorstep. I didn't even know he was going to send it. So, and this is Maine Lobster, and I won't even ask you what you shipped, Ray, because whatever it is, I'd be happy with it. But I do, I, do, I do have a craving for lobster thermidor. I haven't had it for years. And, you know, you have to use Maine lobster for that. Well, it's a juice of clear well, lobster. Well, all I got to say about Maine lobster, there's no finer lobster in the world. You're going to have all your lobsters down here, this piney lobster, rock lobsters. I don't care what you call them. If you don't have Maine lobster, you don't have lobster. <laughs> <laughs> I like that man. Yeah. Well, the meat is so sweet and tasty. It is. Yeah, you're right. It's like as I was, I was mentioning earlier. I mean, Costco, you can get uh, tails, uh, Australian, or you know, it's a uh, um, you know cold water rock lobster, but you can get the tails for right around twenty bucks a pound, and they yield like ninety percent. And we're saying that the spiny lobster around here, when it comes in off the boat and hits the deck, um, you know, the retail price on it's over 30 bucks a pound. And so that's like a two pound is 60 bucks. Uh, I don't think so. But, you know, if that's what you want. But I'd prefer, you know, the sweet meat from, I mean, can you imagine making lobster bisque out of, uh, <laughs> you know, out of rock lobster? I don't think so. Kind of chewy, I well, think. Well, the thing yeah. about um, Maine lobster, you don't want to make anything out of it. You just want to have hot butter. You want to sit down and eat lobster. And the best of it all is the claw. My God, that's what it is. And I'll tell you right now, John, If it, when I go to a restaurant and a lot of people give us lobster, I say, that's okay, I'll pass on the lobster, just double up on the shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just not worth eating. Yeah. Well, let's talk for a minute. We talked. I mentioned about spiny lobster off the Pacific where we are. Uh, let's talk just for a minute about the uh, lobster in Mexico because it's it's very pop, very popular down there. But um, I'll make a couple of comments, but I want to hear from you first. What? The lobster down here in Mexico? They're yes. horrible. <laughs> they're dry, they're chewy. You start chewing on one, it's like it gets into a ball. Yeah. Uh there's they have most of them do not have any flavor. 
you have to have garlic and salt on them to make them taste like something. And that's the way the spiny lobster is down here. It's, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah, well, I mean, if you've ever had Maine, maybe if you've never had a Maine lobster, you can say, oh, how great it is. But if you've ever had a Maine lobster, I mean, there's no comparison. It's like eating a, a, a Alaskan king crab and eating a Dungeness crab. Yeah. Well, come on, there's no comparison. Not in size. Well, they're, well, they're both pretty good. But yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, they are completely different. Um, and I don't know, maybe Ray can comment on it. To me, lobster has to come from cold water. There you go. You hit it right on the head. <laughs> yeah, let's comment cold on that. Yeah. Yeah, cold water does, a, does a, a wonderful thing for these. Oh, I don't know what it is that brings the sweetness out in the lobster or even a Alaskan king crab, but by the north you go, the, the better they get. Right. But, uh, well, most, you know, I mean, you can get uh, um, other shellfish that doesn't have to come from cold water, but most most of the good stuff does. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, even I've eaten fish down in Florida and Keys and here in AR Mexico, whatever. But uh, even our fish, if we like a cod, now I like to get that little bit more of a, a salty brine. I guess that when you cook it, it brings the sweetness out of the out of the of the texture of the fish or the mixture mm-hmm. or whatever. So I don't know. I think it's the cold water really does it me and the solidity of our seawater up here. Okay. Well, fortunately, we're going to keep you on for the next segment because I want to learn more about catching lobster um, and some of the other things that you find uh, in, on the ocean floor uh, up around your part. It's, yeah. it's a very, very interesting in, in how they travel. I, I'll tell you a real quick story. Um, I had uh, some local lobster. Gosh, I guess it's been, it's been, it must have been about 10 years ago. We had a, somebody gave me, and I put it in a refrigerator in a burlap bag for a day. And then I got it out getting ready to use it. And I put them, these lobster on the table. And we had a little dog. And I hear all this commotion in the backyard. <laughs> And I go out there, and there's like, you know, I don't know, there's four or six lobsters. And uh, this dog was chasing them, and those suckers could move. You know, they get their tail flapping, and, man, it was uh, it was, uh, it was was crazy trying to, you know, corral them all back up again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, anyway, that yeah, they do. And, we'll, you know, we'll talk about harvesting them. And from what I understand, you know, that's that's how you catch them is when they're moving from, you know, different waters. But, right. uh, um, you know, let's talk some more about Maine lobster itself. And Grizz, I'm sure, can join in because he he likes to he likes to eat good food. No, we all. <laughs> well, there's no reason to eat bad food unless you're poor. Yeah. Well, I'm poor, but you still get some lobster. Depends on who you know. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, the, the harvest in there, I mean, uh, uh, the lobsters are coming in uh, at a slower pace right now. Our water's quite cold up here right now. So they're, uh, they start out in the deep water this time of the year, and they've slowly worked their way into uh Molt their shell or shed their shell so they can grow to the next size up. So um, the boys that well, when, when you say when you say deep water, how deep is deep? Well, they're right now they're often around 150, 180 feet of water right now. Uh huh. 
Um, and then they'll come right in as low as eight, ten feet of water to shed their cells. It's depending, right. you know, uh, where they have shed before in the past. They pretty much come to the same place and shed their shell every year. Oh. It's a feature of a habit, and I guess wherever they was born, they come right back that way and shed again. Well, let's put, well, so, I, I know you've got a restaurant, and I want to hear some information. Um, can I back uh, up a minute, buddy, and I got a question I always wanted to know about Maine lobster. Maine lobster shed their shell, am I correct? Right. Now, have you ever had one in the soft stage and cooked yes. the whole thing? What would it be like? I've had uh, crabs and like I've had crawdads. I've had them, you know, they'll shed right here in the tank. And, oh. uh, and uh, you know, we'll take them out and but. The skinners, the skin on there is a. I mean, if you first just get them before they, the sh- that uh, outside skin rubberizes a little bit. This, that outside skin's a little rubbery, but other than that, I mean, yeah, you can chew past. It's all right. So okay. Just, the well, only thing you'd have to do is take a knife and cut out around the very head great. of the lobster well, with the eyes and the mouth out. Ray, you've got a restaurant there. Fortunately, we're going to keep you over to the next segment, uh, and we're going to find out more about you know what to do with this lobster once you get it. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio, and we're going to be right back. Make Lake Hemet your mountain lake escape in the San Jacinto Mountain Range near Idlewild. The bustling summer season has left the lake quiet and peaceful, perfect for fishing, boating, and RV camping. Visit LakeHemetRecreation.com for details. That's LakeHemetRecreation.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back motor trend truck of the year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Wormer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. 
If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. I'm going to go fishing, that's what I'm doing. Think about nothing, not even you. Catch me a big one, a fine speck of trout. Slapping in the water, I pull it right out. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. And I would like to say that uh, Raymond or Ray Young at uh, Young's Lobster Pound, um, I was fortunate enough to get him on the show today. And after thinking about it, I got 12 minutes is not nearly long enough. So we're doing another segment on it so we can get uh, some more information. And, of course, Father's Day is coming up. And if you get the, the show early enough, and uh, he can ship them out probably the same day or the next day. And you might still be able to get them for Father's Day. I mean, what a treat is that? But, uh, Ray, you have a restaurant along with your wholesale retail business, so you've got some pretty good ideas on what to do with lobster. Can you give us, you know, some of the uh, more popular items that you're men- on your menu at the restaurant? Yeah, well, I was probably uh, famous one. Well, one of the other things, I should just plenty of things we do. But, uh, yeah, we make a lobster roll with a toasted hamburger bun with lettuce, mayonnaise, and then the clear lobster meat on there. So, Well, yeah. now, how did lobster roll? Is that chunks that you deep fry or, or no, steam or what? No, we uh, it's a lobster meat we've taken right out of the shell, and uh, it's chunked up, cut up like the tails are cut up in pieces, and mm-hmm. the whole claws go on there, the knuckles and and so that we don't a lot of places mix it with mayonnaise and celery and stuff. No, we like to put a, a toaster bun, put a little bit of mayonnaise on the top and the bottom of the bun, put the clear lobster meat on so people can see what they're getting instead mm-hmm. of it just being all mixed up and uh and then a little lettuce on top and uh, that's uh, one of the things we do there for mm-hmm. for like a sandwich to go to eat there and then we do a lobster stew here that we I make with a sherry in it and uh mm-hmm. Oh, that's very good. Um, lobster saute, we do that with hot butter and garlic. Uh, just no no shells to get through or nothing. Just dip your fork in and pull the lobster meat out all soaked in butter and garlic and slide her on down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then there's, uh, I don't know. But, well, you but, can send them to me like that. I don't yeah. have to worry about it. Yeah, FedEx delivers down there. But uh, uh, you get your own, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, um, the well, I've said I've had a craving for lobster thermidor, which is pretty much the same thing. And there's isn't there such thing as a lobster boil? Lobster boil, yeah. Um, we, we, that's our probably other main part of the business. We have two big kettles there. We can cook five hundred pounds every fifteen minutes. 
of lobster in the shell, and we also have a client steam of clams and corn on the cob, and, oh. and uh, well, we set it up. I've got one thing we call a bucket list. I design it's a comes in a big tin bucket, comes with two pound uh, quarter lobsters, two pounds of clams, two pounds of mussels, four oysters on the half shell, um, four uh, jumbo shrimp, and uh, two ears of corn. Wow. Now, can oh, you, anyway. if somebody wants to order that online, can you ship that to them? Obviously, probably without the bucket. Yeah, we can ship all that live right to them, or we can, uh, or we can send the lobsters cooked or pre-cooked, and the clams and mussels go live. You don't want to cook them and try to send them because they get rubbery, so you want to cook them hot on the spot. Uh-huh. You know, it takes five minutes to cook at home. So Right. So but, that- uh, no, we can send anything out that they'd like. They just want a couple of lobsters, or they want fish, or clams, mussels, or oysters, whatever. We can send all that right to them. Okay, so you do shellfish and lobster. Yes. Okay. Um, and as far as what about other menu items, Grizz? Do you have any questions as far as what to do with a main lobster? Or like you said, the best thing you like to do with it is put some. Dra- uh, drawn no, butter. what I yeah. do with what what I do with uh, lobsters eating. I don't care how fish are made. I mean, whatever, I don't care. You know, that's a question, uh, too, uh, Ray. You always think of Maine lobster, but what about a little bit north and a little bit south? Are those still Maine lobster? Say that again? If you go a little bit north or south of Maine, are they still Maine lobster? No, when you get up into Canada or uh, Canada or Boston or whatever, I mean, they're still... They're still a northeastern lobster, yes, and they're the same species and whatnot. A Canadian lobster has a lot more spots on it than ours does, but other than that, it's still a cold water lobster and it's still the, the same breed and, and brand, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they just, to the south of us, their lobster population is really thinned out because they don't uh, have uh, the water temperature that we do. So they've started to move more north than uh and stay down in that warmer temperature. They don't like, don't care for it. Okay, yeah, they like the colder water. Um, yeah. Well, know. they taste the same, don't they, in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick? Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, but you know, we get it. I mean, I, when I was right fishing on, it in New Brunswick, <laughs> I couldn't tell the difference in New Brunswick or Nova Scotia. They taste the same, and they yes, they the do to me. Yeah, all on all honesty, they I do taste tell the, the same. Difference. Yep. The only oh. thing that I noticed that was different about them is they had another kind of accent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey. We leave them Hey. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, you know, let's let's get back to about lobster itself and some of the things you mentioned, sea, seafood. Now, one of the things I found interesting is there is a big article about, uh, I think it's called, uh, what is it, American Crystal Eel or what, what was that? American oh, the glass, glass, eel. glass Eel. Yeah. Um, very, very interesting um, where you've got eel that they only can only reproduce in deep, cold water, and then they come up uh, in, into the fresh water. Uh, the, they're extremely popular in China and the Orient, and it wasn't until just a few years ago that they were able to learn how to ship them and process them uh, so that you can actually, you know, they catch them and then send them overseas. And the prices, it's 
absolutely incredible what these fishermen are getting. I guess they've, you know, they've clamped down on the amount that you can take now, but it was it was phenomenal. I reached uh, at one point it was almost what th- I don't even want to say. We were saying the boat, the fishermen, the guys that have us this year, they was getting twelve and thirteen hundred dollars a pound for harvesting them. Wow. And so, yeah, so they get them here and they weigh them up and then uh, they sell them to the Chinese or Japanese or whatever and then they get shipped over there and then they raise them in those uh, freshwater, I call them frog ponds over there. Uh-huh. And then they raise them up to size if they want and then they ship them back to the United States. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> If they say they bought a thousand eels, it's a pound, and time to get over there, and they grow for a year or less than a year, and now they weigh now they weigh a uh, hundred pounds. Oh, <laughs> they sent okay. them over here, so you know yeah. it's tripled their money probably, and just just doing that. And yeah. So. But uh, yeah, there's it's it. I mean, this market didn't even exist a few years ago, did it? No, it never it didn't, and it just took off, and it was crazy, and. Uh, uh, but they had a lot of restrictions in the last year. They cut back on licenses, and they think they was getting overfished and whatnot. So uh, there's quite a lot of restrictions on how they get set their nets or how many mm-hmm. can dip net out. And, and uh, but yeah, like I say, it was when it first started, they were only starting out a couple hundred dollars a pound, and then it wasn't getting enough. So then they put the price up so people would would uh, go get licenses and go harvest them and then they get then they went to a thousand twelve thirteen fourteen hundred dollars and wow and uh, it's uh so it, it's right it's still up there they're, they're paying so top dollar to get them yeah but they've really cut down on the amount you can take you can't go out there and make thirty thousand dollars in one night anymore no you're only you're only allowed uh so many pounds per fishman per year yeah and uh, well, let's talk about harvesting lobster. I'm kind of curious about that. Is the from what I understand, lobsters they do move, and I mentioned the story earlier about the dog chasing them. Uh, those things can scoot along pretty good. So, what is the process of catching lobster? I know you normally put traps out, but uh, give us an idea on, on on how you actually catch lobster, the main lobster. Well, we have a conventional trap we have to use. Uh, you can't go diving for them. You can't drag for them. That has to be only caught by a conventional lobster trap. So the trap is made up of, uh, usually made up of wooden flies years ago. Now it's made out of a wire mesh. We, we put some kind of a bait in there inside, like sardines or heron. Might be mackerel or might be haddock heads or parts of a fish that we might use. That's the attractant. So then they set them depending on, like, this time of year, they may be out in 150 feet of water. And as the water comes to get warmer, they start to move in the shed, the shell. So in that trap, there's two eyes, we call them funny eyes, where the hole is where they come through there. And that's where the bait is. And then they try to escape, and they go up in the back into the parlor, and they drop down and they're caught a second time. But also in that trap, we have escape vents now. So anything that's just under our measure, which is about a pound, still has the ability to get out of that trap and be released on its own. Mm. Also on that also on that vent, say the trap get cut off by a lobster boat or another boat going by and getting the trap get cut off. Right. There's, uh, we call them hog rings that hold that vent on. Well, in, I think it's a year and a half, a year and a half, those rings are made to rot out, so the whole door will tip down, and 
was in there will be able to escape and get out of there. Oh, and okay. Right. So, yeah. oh, okay. All right. Well, that sounds great. Uh, well, that's pretty exciting stuff. And, Ray, we're going to have to mention it a couple of times, but if someone wants to, you know, to, to have some lobster and you can get uh, tails, you can get claws, you can get frozen, you can get fresh, you can get shellfish, um, the best way to get in touch with you is what? Best way to get in touch is that our, probably our either phone number here. It's uh, 207-338-1160 and call us direct because foot price lobster changes all the time. Well, I think the, uh, the easy thing, the website is, uh, was it Young's? Yeah, Young's with an S, Lobsters with an S at Yahoo.com. Young's Lobsters at Yahoo.com. Give them a call, yep. take a look at it, maybe uh, Ray will answer the phone. Ray, we appreciate that very much. Thanks for all that. And then I'll, I'll, I'll get back with you real soon. So talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy.